A2 Millennials, then False Society. On today's episode, we are talking about creativity in children and the importance of nurturing that energy. Enjoy! Hello and welcome back to A2 Millennials. I am Louise Duncan and today I am joined by... Ricarda, hi. Wonderful. Thank you for joining me today, Ricarda. Um, we're going to be talking a little bit about childhood and creativity. Um, I think being two very, very creative uh, individuals, um, uh, it, it, we're going to have a really interesting conversation here. Um, so I know that creativity was always a huge part of my childhood and upbringing. Um definitely from the start my parents were getting me making stuff I mean they they made stuff you know uh, Halloween is is nearby and that's very reminiscent of a time when we would always just be crafting it and making it and creating do you, do you have a similar experience there yeah absolutely absolutely I remember um we made our own like Christmas bubbles you know for the tree mm. um which was just lovely I don't know it just gave that whole Christmas spirit a whole new feeling and I think I spent most of my childhood in museums, um, especially art mm. museums, actually, but also kind of any type of science, film, whatever. But it was always very creative because they were made for kids. So, yeah, definitely that experience has been very, very important for me, I would say. Yeah, I mean, and of course, um, I you know, I think in case anyone is unsure, you, you are German. Um, there, there is definitely a brilliant influence there with with Christmas. Um. Oh, absolutely! No, it's definitely beautiful. Like I remember the um, all the Christmas decorations. I think are very, very much wanted to be self made. So I don't know if you know these um, little kind of straw stars that you can make. Yes, it's just it's beautiful, but it's also so much fun, and I think it gives that whole feeling of you know Christmas is for family but also for friends and for being just together whoever you know whoever your family is it's for being together and I think crafting together just gives that this whole different feeling um yeah yeah you're right in saying there's that kind of community uh, effect with creativity that I think I I find it's either a, a kind of a personal hobby, it may be more escapist thing of I'm just going to make this because I want to, or there is a we are making this together to kind of create something better, um, which kind of is almost the, the point of theatre at the end of the day, uh, that we're going to work together to make something. And and yeah, I think the the strong influences that I had from my parents um but also then the the schools that I were in and and the people that I got involved with I think creativity has been you know the strongest through line out of out of all of the stuff I've been involved in absolutely absolutely I agree and I I think I had similar experiences because I've um so just for the listeners I studied theatre and film studies as my undergrad but also did a lot of theatre in school and, you know, I would say there is still that kind of stigma almost sometimes roaming around of, you know, theatre people can be a bit difficult, but, you know, divas and stuff. And 
it was just never like that. It was it was such a community and I remember I just made some of the best friends in these groups because we were making something together and we were all so invested. It was all so important to us. And I feel like that's something that I notice with creativity that people get invested with their hearts. And I think that's so beautiful. Mm, totally, totally. Because it's it's sort of an expression, I think, of of personality. You know, it's a, I think creativity can be a very personal thing. Um, as well as what you make can can be very personal. Um, and I think that's kind of art can, you know, is, is, is sort of extremely personal. And so when it can be shared, I think there is something really beautiful about that. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, which kind of reminds me that I think just when I thought about the topic that we were going to discuss today, I yeah. was thinking a lot about my school experiences. And the mm. one thing I always wondered about was because, you know, I did theatre in school and, and some other things and music and art. But the one thing I wondered about was this, unsh I was so unsure about, I love doing it. And at the same time, it gave me the most stress to be graded on it. <laughs> it's yeah. like, this is just because you're putting yourself into this. And then someone else comes along and says, mm, this is a C or this is an A or there's a C. And you're like, yeah. How do you like? Are you are you kind of marking me as a person? And I think that was very interesting. Then also going on to a more creative degree was, you know, being invested but still trying to separate what you get out of it and what other people make of it to yourself because it's not a critique of you. And I think that's really yeah. important as well. Yeah, I think definitely by the time that I had hit the um, same undergrad as you, I, I started doing the theatre and film. About halfway through the year, I was like, oh, I hate studying theatre. I love doing it. Um, and so I moved on to film and media. But the the sort of creative skills that I had gained, and especially from the, the stagecraft work that we had done and I had done previously, um, also being a theatre kid and involved in, in theatre in schools... Um, it led towards a, a huge amount of, of prop making and, and creative thinking and, you know, coloured sh shot lists. Um, mm. And I think people maybe underestimate a lot of the time that creativity isn't purely in the the arts. It's kind of in everything. But I think you also you also super hugely need it when you're involved in the arts. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And I think you're hitting a really, really important point there is that creativity is a skill that will help you in every single situation in your life like I'm, I firmly believe that um is I think it makes you problem solvers and and you know just this idea that you can you can take something new and you can make something out of it it's not just mm. a purely arts-based approach that's that's important in any sense of your life and I don't mean that just in the economic sense of you know if you're create, creative you would probably make a great business person that's not even what it's about it's about kind of approaching everyday life with that outlook of what can i do with this how can i make this beautiful but beautiful as in happy and i think that's yeah just a skill if, yeah. if children learn that and if children engage with that and engage with that their solution is maybe the right one and not just that what they're learning, you know, kind of <laughs> always go on about all oh, the system and everything. And it's definitely not all bad. But I think yeah. teaching children 
from a young age that they can change the approaches it's just beautiful and a really good skill to have in life and I think you're right um we can jump back to sort of our own childhood sort of trying to go from a bit more of the start Mm -hmm. um with how uh you know creativity was involved in our lives and it's interesting that I kind of think that that involvement of creativity to, to me feels sort of traditional of the well of course we'll make it all ourselves and um, that kind of resourcefulness I think has a kind of a tradition mm-hmm. to it but I think the idea of making sure that children are creative and fully creative and, and able to explore their own creative ideas is I think maybe a little newer um I know, uh, you know, slightly bougie, um, and I'm aware of this, but being taken to the theatre as as a young kid, um, sort of pre-primary school, uh, and I I loved the singing kettle. Um, Look back on it now, kind of thinking, what is there to like about this? Um, But I think just the idea of of the music and the sound and the stagecraft... um, is something that then later drew me into being able to appreciate the sort of the fine arts like ballet and whatever, because the 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 sort of building blocks of creativity and expression were there. Um, yeah, I don't know what what was your sort of experience of theatre as a kid. No, I I agree. So I uh, had the same that I think theatre and <laughs> classical music concerts, where all my friends mm. were talking about the first Rihanna concert they went, and I was like, mm, I saw Mozart the other week, and I was like, Oh my <laughs> god! Um, <laughs> but no, it, it definitely gave me something, and and the same with the theatre, and I think. Again, you're mentioning a really important point that it's not just about the making it yourself, even though that's beautiful. It's also the watching it and then learning from that and and taking energy and inspiration from that. I don't know how it is with you, but I can see the worst play in the world, whether that was as a child or now, I'm still somehow inspired by it. Oh, yeah. Because there is something about it. I think when they're bad there's a particular resourceful energy of I could do that better um, and not necessarily in a competitive stance but I think definitely you can inspire kids through through all forms of creativity whether it is necessarily good or bad because I think that energy of oh well I could do that or I could do that better mm-hmm. is super important in the sort of advancement I remember sadly it was in Germany um, we saw this awful play on a, on a school trip oh, no. um and well i mean probably the main thing was it was an english play um and and though i don't know if the cast were english or not there was definitely some issue with the language and and yeah it just ended up being this kind of slightly awful play uh, and i remember being like i could do so much better than that and mm-hmm. and the drive of the sort of improvement definitely came from a spark of i i love this i want to do more yeah, yeah, that that makes absolute sense. Um, and I know for me, because you asked about my experience and and like watching the theatre as a child, mm. I remembered it was also very special. And I think that's partly because it was Germany, and um, unfortunately, it's a bit more kind of bougie there, I would say, than in the UK, where yeah. you know, going to the theatre, you dress up, you 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 know you you get yourself ready it's a bit more fancy Mm. which has its own problematic stances but it meant as a child this was special to me it was important and I think that's part of why it left an impression um 
is it was this event and while I would totally agree that you should not have to dress up or do whatever or be super bougie in a theatre because it is for everyone I do think that giving it that special feeling um, however you do that is is really good for children and I, I know kind of that that made a big impression on me because we went with the class as well you know we went with my friends um and that that was just a great event where we could be together so it was community making in the making of art but also community in the viewing of art yeah i think what you're saying is is really important and it and it could possibly partly be a couple elements that theater i think has become more accessible at least through my sort of lifetime and whether that is a slightly debuzification or whether that's because I have become more immersed I'm a little unsure um but I think yeah there there was something special about it um I was just remembering in in first year when we had to go see a play because it it was Halloween one of our friends was dressed up as a skeleton um and we were really worried that he wouldn't be let in um and he did the 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 Travers didn't really care um beautiful you know just dressing up in a in a different way yeah um but but yeah I think uh, if we can sort of talk a little bit about um I think art and music because that's Mm -hmm. something that is sort of close to both of our hearts at least (laughs) oh yeah that kind of again have been really prevalent from the start um I distinctly remember being five years old and and mum having the Rocky Horror Picture Show soundtrack um tape that that played in the car um you know singing along because I love the music with no no idea what what the you know musical (laughs) is about or what's going on um but I think that involvement of kind of 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 music at a young age is really important oh yeah no definitely it's so funny that you're mentioning that because when I was thinking about the topic one thing my brain immediately went to was car rides with mum and the music she puts on (laughs) and it's just it's still like it's so for me it was mainly ABBA and Queen but especially ABBA is somehow it gives me that nostalgic feeling and I told people that before and they were like but you're a 90s kid you can't have nostalgic feelings for ABBA and I was like you know what (laughs) I can if I want to (laughs) And yeah. I don't know, it's just beautiful. It's I remember us singing along to it and um yeah, that's <laughs> very impressive. Yeah. Um I, I think in a similar way, um that yeah, I mean the, the soundtrack for, for Rocky Horror, that, that particular version with Tim Curry, I think was recorded in seventy five or something like that. <clears throat> um but because it's sort of been so involved in my life and I think so involved in so many people's lives, um there is a kind of a weird cult group of of love for this music and kind of performance that doesn't necessarily involve time because they've been involved in most of our lives. <laughs> no, it's true. It's true. Like I'm, I'd be really curious. How do you feel about Rocky Horror now? Like, do you, do you listen to it regularly? What's you know what's your relationship to it now no. uh, of course i don't know um it's i think it's one that i i i am very aware how juvenile the the musical is and that there are slight problematic elements to it um i mean the word problematic is problematic but um <laughs> there are bits which are difficult to tackle because the musical it was written so long ago mm-hmm. um 
But I do think that the general ideas behind it are really good. I do think that the community it brings together and the sort of, you know, the 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 love of expression that is throughout the play is sort of so close to my heart um, that I do still I do still love it. And we, we played it, me and my flatmate watched it with a friend of ours recently who knew nothing about it. Um, and he was like, yeah, it was all right. And I was like, oh, hurtful. Oh. <laughs> so so hurt um you know because i mean there's so many different versions now it is such a bizarre sort of accumulation of so many different things but also again i guess it's more theater but it's another one of those starting points of i love this i want to do this let i want to hear more of it you know i want to watch more of it Mm. um and that kind of involvement at a young age was really important yeah yeah no i totally agree and i I also remember uh, there was another CD that we listened to by, his name is Rolf Zukowski, and he's, I don't know if you've ever heard of him, <laughs> he's like a German kind of musician that makes music with children, and um, it was really, really interesting, because I think there's this kind of general joke of, oh, that's just awful, and of course it is, because it's literally music for and with children, and I don't know the, the the songs are not very complicated and all all that, but I remember distinctly listening to that in the car on the way to the summer holidays with my parents. We'd go to the North Sea a lot, and he had a CD about kind of summer summer holidays, basically where the songs were all about that topic. And mm-hmm. listening back to it quite recently, actually, I noticed what I love about him was he was so respectful of the children and I think that's something that I think distinguishes a lot of art that is for children. Is is it for children from patronising adults or is it for children with children? Is there this kind of respectful notion to it? Because I think sometimes we underestimate how much children notice what we think of them, mm. what we think of their opinion, what we think of their input into the creativity. And I just loved how much he was able to kind of bring that across in his music, that it's with the children, yeah. it's a collaboration. I, I definitely think there has been a trend for sort of millennial lifetimes um, and, and probably a little bit of the generations before of an actual appreciation of... Um, childhood and the importance of of sort of investing in in children's childhoods in in a kind of a creative and free way and that encouragement to play and yeah the the you know tv which is not just made to advertise but that is made for kids and that's good quality or you know music which is not just patronizing and it's not just lights and color it is something which is um rich Mm. because it's about you know creating an environment within the child's mind that is rich I think another thing that you mentioned um back at the start which I'd love to sort of circle back to was you talked about going to the museum as a kid Mm. um which which is also something I, I have huge fond memories about was we would do weekends where dad would take us to the museum or the botanic gardens or whatever um and you know overall it would be a lot of running around um but there's sort of a couple parts that especially now that I'm living back in Edinburgh again um, and sort of can go to the museum, it's sort of bizarre that there are li- little elements that my sort of childhood mind locked onto and that I distinctly remember. 
um one of them being this this big kind of macabre clock that that rings oh. i think it's on the hour i think it's on the it's hour yeah. off. <laughs> probably um, you know, and it's a little bit broken and they've definitely patched up a few bits over the years and there's all this really interesting sort of iconography and weird sort of mm. skeletons and um, bizarre images and, and I can't quite remember the full story about it but there's sort of all these really interesting folk tales and fairy tales that goes into this great big clock um, that, yeah, even the music that it plays sort of, I, I would later look into it and what does it mean and where does it come from and, and what are the images and it was sort of you know, you can introduce these ideas of kind of quite complex and dark art yeah. um, at a younger age, maybe without the full context, that can be something that kids can pick up on and learn about more later. And that's not to say to, you know, traumatise your kids, but I think because it was introduced <laughs> in a safe environment, you know, in the museum mm -hmm. where it was learning about all this other stuff, um, and oh look at this and it was all lights and colours and sort of later you learn oh right it's actually a giant clock about death and life um, yeah. you know it can it can grow um, because the sort of creativity of kids I think is boundless I think as we grow older and we start to kind of refine and become experts we sort of lose that ability to exponentially be be involved in creative maybe maybe I'm just talking rubbish <laughs> No, no, I think you're onto something here that there is, I think we see with more boundaries later in life. Um, and I think that that will definitely in a way influence the creative process, like it will influence the creative process. I, I distinctly remember that clock um, and looking at it the first time I came to Edinburgh, which... Yep. has been a bit later in life like I was 18 19 maybe so not quite a child anymore but I remember I I waited for it because I've, I've heard that it would do that on the hour I waited for it I was there 10 minutes early of course I'm German you know um, yep. <laughs> I'm standing there but it's so big and that's why I find it funny that you mentioned that clock it's so big I almost felt like a child I was like, oh, wow, you know, I was looking up there. I was like, oh, you know, it made me feel so small. And I was like, oh, wow, you know, that's that's kind of waking memories of being a child in the museum. And maybe that's also the beauty of art and creativity is how it can just create that memory and make you a child again. Um, because, yeah. yeah, you're onto something here. I think there are boundaries in our approach to art late in life. And maybe museums can be places that at least slightly shift these boundaries. Because I know for me, especially a well-curated museum gives me an absolute spark in inspiration. And it might come from that position that it gives me that childlike mind again. I'm with you on that one, I think. I mean, I think this clock in particular that we're talking about, and it is driving me mad that I can't remember the name. The Millennium Clock, that's it that I think the this this piece of art in particular, um, because it sort of lights up in stages, they've managed to put lights in it, you know, over the years mm. and um there's sort of bits that turn and it kind of moves up the clock itself. I think it is designed to sort of invoke those feelings and those ideas and because it's been here for so long, I mean it's definitely an old <laughs> an old thing. <laughs> um I think they know exactly what they're doing with that. Um, 
And and yeah, you're right. Well curated museum, I mean, can involve art and creativity. And, you know, you can bring kids and and history can be unpatronizing mm. of this is the facts and these are the figures and you know go around and see how many stone lines you can find or go around and see you know what bits you can do um i know there are some really good bits in the edinburgh's museum where it's very much tailored towards kids and because they know that people will be bringing their kids oh, here yeah. i mean because it's the capital of the country and there are just some brilliant things i know there's this big like tank of ants at the top and you get to see like how ants move oh. Um, and how they forage and stuff and it's like wow ants um but then there's also kind of a yeah there is there is an educational and involvement area and it gets kids thinking and oh how could i do ants and, and sort of the involvement of science in that creativity mm. i think is really important absolutely same with the um culture i think so i i very much again unfortunately this is not a childhood memory because i've only managed to go to edinburgh once i was an adult but that children's section about the musical instruments. And I have heard contesting opinions on it, which I think is fair enough, you know, kind of the anthropological section of museums are always quite problematic. Um, But it was very interesting how they, in an interactive way, bring different backgrounds of music to children. And I am pretty sure that it actually says, you know, they're like, what you might be used to in your British context is not the only way to make music. Here are some alternatives, here are some other ways, and here's how they might inspire each other. And I would say, personally, they have done quite well, you know, considering all the circumstances of, of bringing it closer to children. Yeah. Well, I think a British context can be so problematic in many ways. <laughs> um, we can step aside from that because I know that my, at least primary schooling education is very different. Not only was I in France, but I was at um, a, a school called a Steiner School, mm. um, which uh, is surprisingly German in descent of the idea. <laughs> um, so you you are familiar with these ideas and know it very well, but, but sort of a big push within Steiner Schools is about creativity in children. And it's very much you learn to read you know when you're ready and you're not allowed to use the color black until you're old enough to know how dangerous it is um and it sounds a bit dumb in certain ways but things like handwork and you know woodwork handcraft woodwork are are core skills that you learn throughout the the schooling thing system Mm. um and yeah that's that i think has had a huge influence on me in terms of art that there has always been a well you can make it kind of thing of you can draw it you know you can you can make the the you know posters you want to bring along to your the protest that you're going to or you can make you know the top or you can make the jumper you can knit that hat um because there was sort of a base core skill that everyone was learning mm. and it was very normalized the the kind of creative element to it i think that's um, so beautiful i'm so jealous exactly <laughs> Um, because I, I agree, like, while I recognise some of the, I guess, philosophical underpinnings of the idea of the school, mm. I had a very different experience, um, kind of coming from a very average, you know, well-situated area, but also kind of just normal public school where science was definitely preferred. Nothing against science. Yep, yep. Again, very, very impo- important, of course. 
Um, <laughs> but I remember having to choose, I think it was year nine, and I had to choose between music and art. And it crushed me. I was like, this is so sad. <laughs> um, I did end up, I think, use it, uh, like, I did end up choosing art just because my grades were better in it. Um, but I definitely, I was like, oh, I'm so, I'm so sad. <laughs> I want to do both. Um, well, I think definitely once I had come back to the UK and I was in a similar sort of back to public schools, this is the system I also had at about my third year of a right, you've got to pick between music and art. And because they had forever always been so inherently linked, there was like a, oh, you know, I don't know. And and I ended up picking music because that's where I had the better grades. And I think then that shift towards grades sort of killed a certain love for me. Mm. That when I eventually ended up doing the advanced higher dissertation, you know, I was able to kind of plunge in and, and just sink my teeth in and enjoy it. But there was definitely an element of, okay, this is no longer about my enrichment or my enjoyment. This is about, I mean, it's about getting a qualification. Um, but it felt so contradictory towards that kind of expression of, of art that I had had. But it then also meant that I didn't lose those skills. So I was still painting, I was still drawing, mm. you know, in terms of making an organized timetable, if you're color coding, that is art, that is, <laughs> you know, that is expression. Um, true, true. If, you know, if you're curating a playlist of music to help you whilst you're working, that is also an expression of, of art. Um, and, and some, you know, there are certain songs which are designed to sort of help your brain work and, and you know, that is important to learn and understand what what helps your mind yeah yeah um, which in a way means that potentially the schools have done us a favor because i know i then went on and i was quite lucky that my parents could you know send me there but i went on to join a choir that was quite good in the kind of a nearest city um because i didn't have the music in the school anymore i was very much like i, I want to have this somewhere else but that meant it was absolutely free of any, you know, any 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 pressure of grades or whatever. Um, and it, it sounds like you had a similar experience that while you chose music, that meant you could then go home and express your, I don't know, artistic or, you know, actual drawing, etc. way yeah. somewhere else. Well, I was able to keep up the knitting a little bit I have gotten back into the cross stitching more recently you know I have always repaired clothes um not quite at your level of fully making clothes <laughs> but I have always repaired and darned and and you know tried to combine and create in the same way that then because I didn't have drama at my school but we had shows that creativity again of mm. prop making, costume making, you know, of the you've got two days and this is the problem that we have. You've got to solve it. I think that creativity is super key to, to being able to create a drive within yourself of, OK, not only can I do this, but I can do this like this and I can do this well. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And I would say arguably fixing clothes and darning socks and whatever is a far more useful skill to teach children than actually making it. As, as much as I love the skill and as much as I love doing it, I think especially from an environmental aspect, maybe um, that, that is uh, something that if I had to choose one, 
to teach children, I would probably choose the repairing aspect. Um, but that kind of show shows again how art or creativity intersects with so many other issues like environmentalism, yeah. which I personally don't want to call politics because I think it's it's far more kind of wide reaching than that. But I guess some 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 of my current teachers would disagree. <laughs> um, yeah. I think you could argue that that most things are an expression of politics, though, and and I, I would say that teaching your children to be creative is is a political expression, <laughs> um, because there are values that come with having creative kids, but also there are values that come with being able to be creative in that sense, um, and and it is really interesting that some of the more sciencey people that I know are equally as creative mm. because you know science in itself is is problem solving and and though combined with a greater understanding of of whatever area of science you are in it involves that creative new thinking and and combinations and how do we do this and i think it can often be misunderstood if you maybe weren't creatively involved yourself yeah no i i absolutely agree i have the same experience currently in my master's just for the listeners i kind of switched from the theater and film undergrad to now doing a human rights master's um which i know mm. is a big step and at times quite you know different in its approach but now looking at a lot of the essay questions at other assessments i noticed that my creative background actually helps me a lot in approaching these things and maybe also approaching it in a slightly different way than what maybe politics is used to. And again, I think that's not just what my undergrad taught me. I think that comes a lot from my childhood experiences of, okay, here's art, here's creativity, here's how you think out of the box. Um, and there, every single of these experiences that we talk to, whether that's, you know, going to the theater with your family or friends, or whether that's just, blasting out ABBA in the car has contributed to that and has made it possible to see the world in a slightly different way I guess yeah I would I would wholeheartedly agree with that I think you know I don't think you're in or you are in a unique situation but I wouldn't say that your reliance on an inherent creative ability is unique in itself i think that there are so many times where you've maybe gone from purely creative into okay i am now doing my job but that those creative elements or, or creative skills are, are will only add to the value of the work that you are then doing so many people that i know who have then studied the creative stuff have been able to bring those problem-solving abilities and that kind of thinking outside the box which I would say most of the time involves creativity mm. to their new position um, and even though most of the work that I have done has been in inherently one type of creative whether that's strictly videography or maybe something like photography or or um, video editing there are always then elements of the other types mm. of creativity that I've done that come in such as the use of color in art you know knowing what primary colors are and how to <laughs> use them is is so important is. in so many ways yeah 
or or you know being able to make props being able to think oh gosh we don't have lighting you know where else in the city do i know that we can take these photos or oh the music that i want isn't available anymore okay what do i know about music um what do i know about sound what do i know about quality what does the client want oh the client doesn't want that one okay well i can find something else mm-hmm. um and i think those are those are super vital skills um in whatever field you're in um and so yeah i have to i have to you know praise my parents for making me <laughs> making me so creative no it's true thank thank the parents that is um <laughs> absolutely and i think i know so you you talked about kind of transferable skills and i know earlier you mentioned resourcefulness and i think that is interestingly not just the actual creative skills but it's also what comes around it maybe so I remember in school at some point in our we had like a little theater group but it was not quite a subject and then they had unfortunately um you know room issues and there was just no space for us to rehearse and we were like okay we have two different options we either can stop um or we can find an alternative outside of the school and that's what we did and that was, you know, that you could argue that was not at all creative because all we did was walk around or like look around and ask around in the town that the school was and we're like, where is there a space big enough? But, mm. you know, I will never forget that we ended up finding it. It was teamwork um, and it was resources that are really, really important, but are definitely part of the art. Um, because you'll always have to try and make it work. And I assume you have similar experiences with um, now your kind of film and videography work. And I guess you you already hinted towards that, um, that there's a lot more Mm. going into it um, that is not just the creative skill itself, but is what creativity pushes you to do. Yeah, and I think definitely... um throughout university as well you know there there are similar times of okay I'm going to this meeting and I have all this data you know that I've got to present I could just talk people through it or do I'm going to make an infographic how do I make it so that it's pleasing how do I make Mm. it so that it's enjoyable you know how can I make it so that the information I am conveying is digestible and interesting? And I think that is also a huge part of creativity. When I've been on various sort of boards and committees and whatever, you know, you don't want to be sat there for half an hour just talking people through numbers um, because everyone goes, oh, gosh. Yep. And you get that big <laughs> chart, you know, and even if it's just involving stuff like making good things green, making bad stuff red, that is already creativity I would argue oh yeah oh yeah absolutely um I think another thing that just came to mind is not just the the production of art and the creative process but is kind of the the intercommunal thing that that comes into it and what, what I mean by that is I have watched kind of kids do theater even later and and, you know I remember me doing theatre and 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 similar things and while you know sometimes of course kids can be brutal that's what they are but there was this real kindness towards you trying out new things you know you're on the stage that is terrifying you know even for me who I would say I don't really have stage fright or anything like I'm, I'm very quite comfortable talking to people um but 
you know, there is definitely something vulnerable about it. And it's mm. good to learn that early to put yourself out there. But I've also noticed quite a big kindness within the children's audience. You know, they're, they're honest, no question. And I think that's that's probably one of the good advantages that children audiences have. They're a lot more honest than a lot of adults I know. Um, but yeah, they're definitely compassionate towards what you're doing. And I think bringing that into your later life, being like, okay, I, I appreciate what you do and I can appreciate that to bring it back even to what we talked about earlier with the <laughs> terrible place. You know, you can still appreciate mm. that this gives you something even though on some level you don't agree with what they've put on stage. Um, that, for me, at least, that definitely comes from my experience as a child. Well, and and we've got a couple friends who have currently gone on to become teachers. Mm. And so it's a particularly difficult time right now. Um, but they yeah. talk about not only the creative elements that they're teaching the kids and how the kids are just so open to learn. Mm. If they're going to talk about this, brilliant. Let's take advantage of that. Let's learn, you know, let's learn and let's talk about that kind of stuff. But I think also the the resourcefulness that the teachers are currently having to do, the creativity to have to, okay, I've got to change all of my, you know, group sessions to be these kind of online digital whatever. How do I do that? Mm. I think that also sort of involves that spark. Oh, um, yeah. And so it's sort of wonderful that, we've got at least this kind of millennial generation that are we're all a little on the cusp but but it still involves that kind of transition um into the kind of new world that that we're kind of emerging into currently um and how it is that creativity boost that i think most of us who now study kind of the creative <laughs> arts have but sort of passing it on to then the next generation and and doing things like specific theater for for babies and kids or writing mm. the music specifically for kids you know in, actively involving the creative arts and elements and colors and sound into education Absolutely. Um, it, it's all about making the next generation far better than us <laughs> <laughs> absolutely and i think that that whole technology and creativity merge that has happened you know with i think our generation properly the first time um mm. is is quite interesting to watch but also i would say from my own experience that creativity can give you a bit of a escape so over the lockdown um i have been fortunate enough to to do a little bit of work at least you know kind of get get myself out there and um do a bit of tutoring for a girl who's 10 and and you know had to do work from home and um it, it, it was just hard and you know kind of doing classes online is not ideal for a 10 year old and yeah. i noticed how us working through um some of the problems in a creative way not just made it easier for her but gave her a bit of an escape from all that technology because while she loves sitting in front of youtube no question and playing her sims and everything mm. i think having the entire classes on zoom can be very draining i would say it's draining for us so it must be draining yeah. for kind of you know 10 year olds who don't really like sitting still in front of a computer that long 
Um, so I remember whether that was sometimes kind of, you know, we had to work on new leaves that were coming out, you know, it was just springtime and um, then we just coloured the leaves in on the paper that she had to fill them in because it was it was just filling in the names and we're like that's boring let's color them you know that's 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 mm. more exciting or when she didn't want to do maths we just played that we were brilliant mathematicians and, and all of a sudden Amazing. it worked and I was like wow mm. I need to I need to remember this <laughs> yeah um, I mean confidence and and the encouragement from an early age can be so vital in terms of this sort of it's not quite fake it till you make it but I think so I mean so much of the entrepreneurship that we've done I, I am realizing is so involved with creativity and confidence because because it's vital um it, it is just required for you to be able to do it is you've got to think that you can do it and I think especially doing creative stuff from a really young age well you've always done it so then why wouldn't you not be able to do it mm. um and so that's wonderful to hear. And um, that's a lovely wee story. Well, yeah, it, it makes me very happy as well. And I know it gave, gave me a lot too, because I was a bit worried because I've, I've worked with children on occasions before, but it's not my comfort zone, I would say. And it showed me how I can actually do it, how like, you know, work working through it cre creatively gave me something as well and gave me the courage and the confidence to just work mm. with a child and be like I'm not gonna bore you you know I'm yeah. we're actually having fun here because we are doing it through creative means and I think we are definitely the last sort of 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 our generation who have had such a, a you know not creative but who have had sort of a, I guess a tech free prevalence in our early mm. years um it definitely sort of got more important and I think we have grown up with then an ability to use technology because we were introduced to it but I also think we have got some brilliant analog skills mm. because of that sort of creative inspiration and that's not to say that all younger generations are, are sort of stuck on technology. I think that's an awful way to look at it because some technology has given some people their lives back and that's really important. But I think definitely as with this year, everything has sort of had to, you know, forced to be shifted into online spaces. Um, I think we're then missing a kind of a tactile creative thing, which we at least value so much in our lives and, and I sort of I worry on how do we then introduce this new set of kids to those really important creative analogue values oh yeah yeah um, I definitely know what you mean I know I me and my neighbour when I, we were young we would go out every day and because I was living on a street so I didn't really have that much nature directly around me yep. um, we would just use like colourful chalk and we would start drawing like I mean I don't know probably like 500 meters of I don't know what that's in miles I'm sorry um <laughs> but 500 meters of just street so we would on the pavement we would draw our own street and then take our little thing a bit too old for bobby cars but you know kind of scooters or whatever we had and just drove on it and I was like this yeah. was amazing but um I think it's definitely good to think of how can we encourage that in the next generations and I think 
places like museums, like theatres, like afternoon groups um, are definitely one way to go. Um, but then I think you also mentioned your parents in it and, and I think I've kind of hinted at it but want to, you know, mention that again is how how much of an influence they had in this and how much they have contributed to me being creative from an early age and yeah I, I would definitely kind of hope that future generations of parents our generations as parents in the future will remember that wonderful that's been a brilliant talk today ricardo thank you so much uh, thank you so much yes thank you for having me and from everyone at the A2 Millennials crew, that's a bye for now. <laughs>